You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Joel. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel. Thank you guys for listening and joining in. Today we're going to be answering a question while also taking a look at uh, just something that that applies to songwriting and in, in for the church, and then taking a look at a specific song that I think uh, touches on that topic in a way that is not the best. And so, but I, I want to start it off by framing it in a specific way. And, and so, as you know, that I myself am, am a songwriter. I try to write and have written songs for the church. I, I also will be the first to say that I'm not the best, right? I, I may knock on Chris Tomlin and Phil Wickham, Ben Hillsong and Bethel and all those churches, but one thing is for certain, they write songs that the church sings, and the church globally in large part sings, right? So it's, I can't, I can knock the the songs and, and lyric content and theological clarity and all that kind of stuff. But from a reach and influential standpoint, they are crushing it. And that's not a bad thing. So I, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just tossing stones, right? And throwing stones at, at everyone that's on top. That's not what I'm doing. But the, the question was sent to me about basically, is there ever a line that you cross or a threshold that is crossed when you get too specific in songs for the church that talk about things that you're dealing with, that I am I am dealing with, right? Or touching on specific struggles or specific sins or specific diseases, right? Or illnesses or mental illnesses. And that's a really good question. A lot of these bigger names, right, have gotten to the point where they are too big to fail. And what I mean by that is, let me give an example. I don't know if you know who Cristiano Ronaldo is. He is a very famous football player for all of you it's soccer for all of you uncultured swine out there but he is he has the most followers on instagram i think it's around 311 million more than instagram itself i mean he has he has more followers than the country that he was that he plays for in the world cup right uh he he gets more likes on photos than the entire population of the country that he was born in and raised in, right? He has almost as many followers as the United States has is as in people and population, right? That is how many he has. And so when you get that big, whatever, if you post something, right, you're going to have the chance to get a huge number of likes, right? It's the, it's the influence to, it's the, the follower to like ratio. And it's, I think it's the same thing in songwriting. When you get so big, Right where you are when you release a song, your reach and influence is so large that whether it's a good song or not, people are going to be interested in singing and doing it. That means whether it's too specific or not, people will sing it. And and I think that's the danger in times with that that position that some people hold within the the worship community right is because you may write a, a good song but the song might be too specific but it's because your reach is so big it's fine 
in the sense that there's going to there's going to be enough people that are are reached by that. So you, it may not make sense, and this might be a better way to explain it. So this song that I'm looking at today is called Jesus Over Everything. This song is is a good song. It's by the Belong, Belonging Company. They did a song that I really enjoy with Carrie Job called Hosanna. And um, but this is their song called Jesus over everything. And the chorus and the verses are good. Then the chorus is, you know, Jesus is basically over everything. He reigns forevermore. Our song for all eternity. Jesus Christ is Lord. Right. And the verses kind of center on he, he, you know, came from glory, took on flesh, you know, like our redemption. He's the hope for mankind. And talking about how he brought death to its knees and he's the name over every name, everything, right? All that kind of stuff. But when you get to the bridge, this is where it kind of got weird for me, just because it got really specific in the first part. So let me read the second part of the bridge and then I'll read the first part. And let me just let you hear how the second part goes. So the second part is over death and all sin, over hell, over the grave, darkness bows, demons flee at the mention of his name. For he reigns on the throne, all praise to him alone, one name over everything. That's a really, qual- qual- that's a quality bridge, right? Those are good words, right? He does. He he does reign over death and sin. Scripture is very clear that he defeated death in the grave. That, that oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, 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 grave, where is your victory? Because Christ has defeated it, right? He he is over those. He Demons flee in, in, in his presence, right? You even look at the story in Mark with the pigs, and the legion, right? They're, they they, they, just want to be out of his presence. They don't want to be near him, right? So this is all true. But what precedes that part of the bridge is this part that says, over fear, over shame, over all anxiety, over troubles and all pain, over sickness and disease. And then it's the, for he reigns on the throne, all praise to him alone. Okay. That was just very sudden to me, right? So you'd sang this song, you sang the chorus, you sang the verses, you sang the chorus again. Okay, that's nice. And then, and then your first kind of introduction into the bridge is over fear, over shame, over all anxiety. And this made me think of the question that was asked: Is there a threshold to where you kind of pass, and it's now too specific? Do you alienate people in your church that when you sing this song? Because I mean, yes, anxiety is a prevalent issue in, in the world, but not everyone wrestles with anxiety. Yes, everyone has fear in some way, and some pe- and everyone has shame in some way, but it's it's when you get so specific about a, a struggle or anything like that, it is not wrong, but it your focus is on man, and when you focus on man, like I said, not wrong completely, you run the risk of focusing on an aspect of man that is not constant, right? Or is not always present. So case in point, when you sing about the Lord, right? As scripture says, he doesn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's just right from scripture. Or whether it's uh, in, in in the New Testament, in, when James, which was, Jesus is the same as also in the New Testament, sorry, but in James specifically, he, he says there's no change in the Lord, right? There's no shadow of turning with the Lord, right? That's where the greatest life faithfulness came from. God does not change. He is constant. His character is consistent and constant as he is consistent and constant. But on the flip side, we can't even trust our own hearts, as Jeremiah says. And even in James, it says, We're, our life is like a vapor, right? Our, our, our own lifetime is not even a drop in the bucket of eternity, right? And compared to God's eternality and his pre 
eternality in the sense that he existed before we even came into being, right? Even before our, our, our existence was created. He was before then, and he was still the same that he is today when he was then as well, right? That's the difference between God and us. And so when we write songs about God and about who he is and about how he he is in control of everything, he reigns over everything, and, you know, all when it's focused on him, that's when you find more power in songs because everyone can at least relate to the fact that they worship that God. But when you bring the attention into my circumstance, over fear, over shame, over all anxiety, right? Okay, yes, that is not false. There are people in your church body who are wrestling with one of those three. Guaranteed, right? Everyone. Uh, Bob Coughlin used to say, or still says, right? Everyone who comes into church is wrestling with self-sufficiency, um, sin, or suffering. Okay, so over fear, that might be suffering. Shame might be suffering. Anxiety might be suffering, right? Troubles and pain, suffering. But there's no, where's, there's, there's sickness and disease. So there's no sin and there's no self-sufficiency. So, and, and that's the difficulty is how do you touch on all those things if you if you start to touch on that? you It becomes difficult because you don't want, what you don't want to do is you don't want to alienate a part of your church that does not wrestle with that or that does not connect with that wrestle or struggle. And it's not a bad thing to try to minister to those people. I don't, I don't think that is a bad thing, but even as when you preach as a pastor, right, when you cater your message, you you want to know what everyone is wrestling with in your, your body, in, in your flock. But if you only... St- just talk about one specific issue, like that's your issue, it feels weird because other people don't connect with it. So uh, I remember back at a, a couple churches ago where I was a pastor at, I remember I, I was talking to a congregate and they didn't like how our lead pastor often brought up, brought up pornography and how, you, you know, it's, it's terrible sin, you have to stop doing this. And they kept saying, why, like, why does he always talk about pornography every single message? And one, he because it was a prevalent issue within our church, especially in, in, in the male and female population, right? Um, I just listed two genders, so I'm, an, I'm not a multi-gender person. <laughs> sound like an idiot, especially in the male and female population. But it's not really prevalent in the animal kingdom. You know, it's not really there. I'm an idiot. Okay, anyway, I'm not even going to cut that because it was stupid. And I need you to know that I'm an idiot. All that to say, it, but there was merit in their question. Because if you constantly talked about that, it wasn't from the perspective of it's making me uncomfortable. I don't like to to know that maybe I'm, you know, that person might have been wrestling with the sin. But I know that what they were really saying was like, but it feels as if you're missing out on other aspects, other sins that people are wrestling with. And that is true. Every pastor will tell you it is a wrestle when you are when you are sermon prepping because you only have a certain amount of time that you're really able to to preach, right? And before people one check out or two, you know, within the limits of your of your service time. And every word you say will have impact because you are pulling it hopefully from scripture and your the Holy Spirit is influencing what you say. And so with every word, every every specific thing you talk about within the human condition and wrestle this side of eternity, you miss out on the other things that you could be talking about. And so that's just the tension to manage. And so I don't think it's necessarily a solution 
right? A problem to solve, but it's a tension to manage. And I, I really think that this song, while it's 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 good, I would have I would have even put over death and Austin, over hell, over the grave, darkness bows, demon flees at the mention of his name. I would have put one, that first. Let's start from the truth that God conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Nothing is outside of his power and sovereignty. And then I, I would just go for, I wouldn't specifically say anxiety, right? It just seems so right there, like, here you go. And that, I don't know if that hurts your ears, but it, it reminds me of when uh, in the Leland version of Waymaker, the live recording, at the end, he's kind of vamping and he goes, your name is above depression. Your name is above cancer. Your name is above every other name. And okay, fine. You're, you're vamping, but nah, yes, cancer is, is terrible. Many people that I know have, have wrestled with cancer or have people who have died from cancer, loved ones that have died from cancer. So to those people, yes, it's a big deal, but not everyone is dealing with that. Or So it's just whenever you mention a specific thing, you can't take it back and you, you have to know that some people aren't going to resonate with that. And so when you write a song, especially for the church, that's that's something that I I, th- I, th- I think about a lot, right? Matt and I are already starting. You might say, you, you, can, you can sound like my wife and say, you guys are insane already working on your fourth album and starting that process. Well, we can't help it. But one of the ideas that we're, we had for and, and what the theme of this next album, and I'll, I'll give you guys like a, a little nice um, tidbit and clue into it is, we didn't want to write songs about suffering, right? Because we've already written songs about suffering. And that's just, can, lamenting is good and needed in the Christian life, but too much is just exhausting. And we didn't want to write more songs that just talked about how right now everything is bad and it feels like nothing's good, but you're good and you're good and we love you for it. We, we, we took a step back and we said, what, what if we wrote songs? What if this album was like what you would prescribe to a counselee in a pastoral counseling session or, or anything like that, or just advice or just counsel to a friend who's going through a hard time. And it's, it, it wouldn't just be to grieve with them, but it would also be to give them the hope that is within scripture. What, what does scripture say to not specifically the specific suffering that you're dealing with, but what does scripture do with where you are and how can you have hope? And so that's where we started to think, man, what if we wrote songs that we would would contain words that we would say in a counseling session, right? Not just, hey, yes, this it feels like everything's terrible, nothing's going well, all that kind of stuff. But after saying that, going, hey, but guess what? God is the king of your tomorrow, which is hint, kind of a song we're working on right now. The idea that God is over everything. If and if God, like in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about, he, he's taken care of the sparrows, he's fed them, he's clothed the, the lilies of the field, right? Uh, the Psalm 95, is, it says every, like the oceans are in his hand. I mean, literal galaxies could fit in the palm of God's hand. That's how incredibly magnificent he is. He is the creator of everything. So if he's the creator and sustainer of all things, then he is the king of today and tomorrow. Why do you need to worry? Do obviously worry happens it's natural but don't don't 
sit in that because God is bigger than whatever you're facing, right? And so that's different than going, God's bigger than your anxiety, right? God's bigger than the trouble right now. It's So I, when we were thinking about that, and as we're kind of mulling over this idea of prescri- prescriptive worship songs, right? We want to make sure we're not too specific in what we touch on because we don't want to simply alien to touch on one thing and then one 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 group of people may not be able to connect with it. And and that's why I think as we no, well I'm not in this anymore, but worship pastors and pastors, when they're picking songs and they're picking themes and they're picking songs to go with those themes, you need to remember, hey, some songs may be great, but may be better for private worship. Because those people then could can pick the song that really does resonate with where they're at. Right. So instead of it being, okay, I really like this song and it touched but it touches on anxiety and not everyone's dealing with anxiety, it can be, hey, this this would be a good song for you to listen privately. And and that's okay, right? So one of the songs on our album that we're gonna be releasing soon. is called Wretched Man, and we know it's not a congregational song, trust me. It's when you hear it the style, the wording, you know, it's not a congregational song, but I I really think it's a great song to just sit and listen to and think about. And it's, it's the course is just wretched man that I am. uh, Oh, oh, deliver me from this body of sin, of sin, sin. I sound like a country boy, wretched man. I've been in the South too long, wretched man that I am, uh, Lord, restore the joy of salvation again. Right. And the, and the bridge is really beautiful. It just, um, it, it just talks about how though I'm dealing with this and it feels like it's just not going well and it's not going to well, I know my hope isn't in strength, but in your grace and that you're not finished with me yet. And I love that, but I, I don't think that's going to resonate with every single person. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't sing that on in congregational settings. So that's what I'm saying. So I, I do think that there is essentially a threshold and it's hard to really nail down. I think it's more like a tension kind of threshold where songs become too specific and it's on the worship leader and worship pastor and pastor to know in their context, in their flock, where's that line? You know the, your people better than me. You you may have a, a, a congregation that specifically wrestles with this one sin generally and, and, and the suffering or this difficulty and a song that would touch on that would benefit the the church as a whole, right? Because not only is it a general a struggle within the sin in the congregation, but everyone in the congregation that may not wrestle with that also resonates with it because they know and they love the people in the church that are wrestling with that, if that makes sense. So, so I would just, I would caution any worship leader and any pastor uh, to, to know your congregation in that sense so that you know when uh, when a song may may go too far in in a specific unpacking of a sin, right? And, and, and that's not, like I said, it's not to knock songs that do that. But when a song goes us-centered, man-centered, focusing on my issue, we just have to be careful to to not do that too much because then we lose a sense of what God does really in the grand scheme of it because as I said with Waymaker before God does not heal every heart so God's not always going to heal every person's wrestle with anxiety this side of eternity he's not going to it's just it's not the reality of our this side of eternity he's not going to get rid of your fear 
because fear doesn't get be is not gotten rid of by God just snapping you out of it. it it's that's not how it happens. And so, the danger of specifically touching on sin is you become prescriptive in the sense of saying, "Well, God's going to handle that. You're fine because because he because he reigns over. You're good." You you do you get what I'm saying? So, all that to say. Uh, I really appreciated that question, and I really appreciated how it kind of came in, in came into uh, my life during a time where I was in the middle of songwriting, and then hearing this song as I was in Virginia, Jesus over everything. Someone shared it to me. They even shared they shared that bridge, and they said, "Does it love the song?" And then they get to this bridge. What do you think? And so that was just really cool how the Lord kind of orchestrated all these things to kind of come together to where uh, this week, I really felt like that would be, this would be a good topic. And so I hope that this has been encouraging to you. And it's it's just a reminder. I mean, scripture touches on everything that you you could ever be wrestling with. Don't let the world make you think that scripture doesn't apply to where you are right now, because right now there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people in the church especially in, in, in this, but even more so outside of the church that are trying to say, but, but scripture doesn't really talk about this. So you don't have to worry about that, whether it's a sin or a wrestle. And, and I want you to know scripture always does apply in some way, whether directly or it, it gives you the, the thing that should inform your opinion and your, your, your perspective of a present issue or sin or struggle or anything like that, right? And entrust biblical counsel to help you walk through that. That's the cool thing too. You should be around people, whether it's their friends. Every friend should at least be able to help someone out with the, with the Bible. You should be in your Bible enough to know, not just a pastor or worship leader, in your Bible enough to know that if someone came to you with an issue, you could at least say, okay, I was reading this. I don't really know how I would say this helps, but it's been helping me in this way. And maybe this applies to you, right? You need to be able to at least do that, to be an effective a uh, uh, person in community, in biblical community, because there are people around you that are, are wrestling significantly with anxiety and with fear and shame and trouble and pain. There are people wrestling with their their identity as a Christian, but they're, they're also their union to the, the institutional church, right? I talked about this before. There are people who are are running away from the church because they're, they, they, there's no attractiveness to it anymore, not in the sense it needs to be attractional, but if everyone simply is not living like Christ or to their perspective isn't living like Christ and and you have the opportunity to show them that but you don't they're they're going to r- leave the church and and tell other people how bad the church is i mean we have the opportunity to change perspectives on on the the bride of Christ for people within the bride of Christ and outside of the bride of Christ but if our if our concern is specifically on ourselves and what we're dealing with or specifically on some type of cultural issue right and that's where we you know kind of lay our hat down or plant our flag right and take our stand then we're not going to make being in Christ attractive to people because it, it, it being in Christ does not mean and, and I know you guys know this but there might be someone listening who doesn't know this being in Christ doesn't mean that everything becomes great right case in point look at my life in the last two years especially the last year right that hasn't been wonderful but most of that's from my own sin but other a sin from others too and 
the reality is it's, I'm, I'm still just as in Christ. In fact, today I feel like my union with Christ is, is far better than it was in the last year. And I feel, I feel more hope, even though I still have things that I'm wrestling with within the church. But I still feel hope, right? Anytime I talk to anyone about what happened in the last year and everything, I always want everyone to know I'm, I'm, I am not bitter towards the Lord because there is so much else he has done for me. There's so much more that he's done in my life up to this point and what he's going to do if I continue to follow after him that I, I, would, I would be so upset that if I lost, I lost hope and I lost perspective and I started to believe, you know, there's, there's nothing there for me anymore, right? So, so listener, I hope that you trust in the God that made you and that he, you know that he is over everything. Jesus is the name above every name, that, every, that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And so he is sovereign, but that does not mean everything goes away that you wrestle with. And so I hope that you are encouraged by this time in this me- this message, this podcast. And I hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. I hope you have a wonderful weekend this weekend as you join together corporately. But as you know, if you, if you have any song suggestions or any ideas or, or comments or questions, just email me at theologyandmusic at, at uh, gmail.com. But with that, you know, thanks again for listening and have a wonderful weekend. See you guys. <laughs>